Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello folks and a very warm welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin and I'll be your host tonight and I tell you what, um, if we'd done this last night it would have been a completely different show. Um, it's been a bit of a 180 in the title race and I suppose that's going to happen between now and the end of May here. With me tonight I've got the I've got a stellar lineup. first of all, making his return to the live stream. It's Earl Bill, how are you doing my friend? Not too bad at all, Colin. I and it's it's good to be back on after a few weeks away. Um, bit of a strange weekend. It was a disappointing day yesterday, a horrible Saturday. But thankfully, it's been a beautiful Sunday. Uh, I had a couple of really nice jam tarts from my lunch that just picked me up. Um, so it's kind of as you were in the title race, I suppose, isn't it? Just uh, nothing's really moved apart from they've fallen a bit further behind in terms of goal difference. So I think we probably got away with one. Aye, it, I was really, really glad to get you on tonight because the last two games at halftime, you've been the voice of reason in the group chat and, and you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's pretty much, shut the fuck up and calm down, boys. Um, that's pretty much your message the last two, two games. Um, on the other side of that coin, um, I think me and David were going to say bandwagon at points in the group chat, um, calling out everybody for everything. It's David T, how are you doing, mate? Oh yeah, the, the the two mourners of the of the gallant few, I suppose, Colin. Right? They can they can call us. But, uh, no, but I, I suppose you could add David Pollock to that as well. Three years, but uh, no. Um, yeah, listen, today makes up a lot. It really does. But let's not cover over the cracks of yesterday. It was uh, we've got to look at ourselves, and it wasn't a great display yesterday. 
No, it wasn't, and we will come to that. But first of all, hello to all the listeners uh, watching on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter, watching us live, get your comments in, and uh, of course to everybody watching after the fact. Um, I can only imagine there is a high percentage of the East End of Glasgow watching tonight, given how many comments came in on the post-match reaction. So to you as well. Thanks for supporting the channel. But no, all the listeners, if you can find us a like, subscribe, um, and get involved in the comments if you're watching just now. Um, so, Bill, uh, have you changed to the lineup uh, yesterday? So, Super Jack Bound and goals, the back four of Tavernier, goals and suitor, Yilmaz, midfield trio of Nico Raskin, John Lundstrom, and Dio Mandy just in front of them, with Dujon Sterling and Ross McCausland either side of Cyril Dessers. Um, I've seen the manager come in for a bit of criticism on his lineup, but I think we're a little bit hamstrung with where the options at the moment. Difficult to say what else he was supposed to do. Um, I think Diamandi struggles in that that role slightly further forward. Um, I don't think it's particularly well suited to him. I think the manager's still trying to manage Tom Lawrence's minutes, so. You know, potentially that's the reason. Um, you know, we're not seeing Lawrence play for a full 90. Diamande, much as I do like him, I think he's he's better suited a wee bit further back. Raskin just still looks miles off the pace, if I'm honest. Um, you know, he's, he's I think he is a good player because I've seen him play well for Rangers. You know, I've seen him really contribute to the team. But... It, at the moment, he still looks miles off. I know he had that injury and he's, he's going to come back and, you know, this is maybe now his chance to try and get in the team and, you know, establish himself. He, he just wasn't really doing much. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. We, we are kind of hamstrung by injuries. You know, Dujon Sterling, I think, does a job for his wide right, but he's not a winger, you know, and you can see that. But... What he does do is he, he kind of presses well, he turns the ball over, he makes passes into good areas. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, if we get start to get more players back in the next month or so, that'll be good. Um, I'm not sure when Cantwell's due to be back. We've got Danilo due to be coming back sometime in sort of mid-March, early April, I believe. That could make all the difference. Uh, Seema's due to come back sometime sort of March, April. Uh, but it could be a tough old month to come, I think, with the injuries that we've got. And I'm sad to say, you know, we've been here before. We've we've seen this with Rangers teams multiple times before. And just sort of two, three weeks ago, I think it was, um, Davey, I think you and I were doing one of the daily news shows and I was talking about, you know, I've been really pleased to see the rotation without a drop-off in performance and talking about how it could be important in the run-in with four, well, three competitions that we're still in. Um, but all of a sudden, we're just back in injury crisis territory, you know. It, it looked just a month ago, you know, it looked as if we were away from that. It looked as if we'd almost everybody fighting fit. Um, so this is really disappointing. And I think there's a couple of key areas, obviously, like uh, wide where, you know, we've got Sima, we've got Matondo, and potentially now McCausland as well, all going to be out. So that's really disappointing. But I don't think there was a huge amount of surprise for me in the team yesterday. I think the lineup was roughly as I'd expected. I did wonder, um, you know, whether or not Raskan would start. But more or less, I think the team that I would have picked, pleased to see Gilmaz coming back in. And I thought 
he actually had a really good game despite the result. Davey, I want to stick with the midfield and I want to um, I want to get this out of the way early because I've got to agree with you. I don't think John Lundstrom was um, great yesterday. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get that out nice and early. But on the ration issue, right, um, I'm not prepared to write off Nico Ration as a player just yet. I think we've seen him play different roles in the midfield under a couple of different managers. I think he plays the John Lundstrom role. Um, it's one or the other for me because I think... I think both of them have a tendency to slow the game down. Um, they're not really naturally driving forward either with the ball or supporting the attack. And I think we've seen that yesterday. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's lonesome or rash and it can't be both. No, I definitely agree with you. It's, uh, Raskin, um, yeah, I still... When Raskin came in at first... He, he actually looked like a bombshell. He actually looked absolutely brilliant. And for for about, yeah, that half season, uh, we thought, come in, we can't go at the same time. And we thought, oh, this is it. We've got the real deal here. And then all of a sudden, uh, it's sort of, I don't know whether it's due to his injury or whether it's uh, that he's maybe he was just playing above his, his level at that time. I don't know. But I mean, he was talking about uh, moving on to teams in the Premier or Premier League, and uh, well, he's, he's not going to do it in the shows that he's doing at the moment. So hopefully, hopefully, if he does keep getting games, which he will under Clement, because that's the way Clement works, then hopefully they, they will improve and he'll get back to to the way he is. There was one thing I want to say about um, Lundstrom yesterday. See the 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 ball. No, it's actually positive, Colin. See the the ball Come that we broke. Away. See the ball that we broke away, and Lundstrom ran about the half the part with the ball, and then slid it into Sterling. See if Sterling gives him the ball right back straight away. Lundstrom side post side and sides the foots into the net. Uh, instead, uh, Sterling tried to shoot and put it well well past the post, but. Yeah, that was just one thing. I was, I, was, I just thought give Sterling, give, give, give Lundstrom the ball back, but he didn't. He shot past the post. So, but no, um, Lundstrom wasn't great yesterday. But who was great? The, 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 I mean, the, the team. I'm ready to rip the defence apart, Colin. So uh, we'll, let's just we'll, let's we'll, just head into it, Davy. I'll move on to the keep me on the midfield at the moment. <laughs> no, let's just uh, move on to the defence, uh, Bill. I think you can maybe have the two roles in the one conversation. It's just like take, I don't want to take anything away from Motherwell. The better side won yesterday. I, I think that's fair to say. Uh, Motherwell, bit surprising they did come and have a go at us. Uh, speak to Golsey, the Motherwell YouTuber on Friday um, for the preview pod. Um, you know, I don't think either of us expected that, but um, Motherwell tried to put Rangers on on the back foot, and I think they did to a certain extent. But for both goals, I'm looking at. The Rangers defenders not doing the basics again. Um, and that's what's so frustrating. It's just basic clearing your lines or balls over the top that we need to deal with, and we don't. We do need to do better. Um, the first goal for me, Suter manages to land on his arse out on the left. Um, but it's just a ball across, and it's a good goal, good strike, good finish. But... Uh, you know, we should be doing a little bit better than that. Second goal, I think, is Diamandi tries to get the ball under control and fails rather than just putting his foot through it and sending it upfield. Um, and I know what you're saying, Colin, about 
maybe the better side winning. I don't know that Motherwell were necessarily the better side yesterday. I thought we actually created the better chances, but um, you know they're they were good value for their win. Let's say I think you can't take anything away from them. I I watch all the Scottish football and I've watched Motherwell loads of times this season. They're a good team. We don't have the right to go out there and just run over the top of them. You have to earn it, you know. Um, they gave Celtic some real problems last week. Roy Theo Bear is an absolute unit and he bullied Goldson uh, several times during the game, you know, and there's a couple of times where I get quite annoyed because Motherwell's tactic at points in the game was just a long ball over the top to that boy for him to then either hold it up or try and do something with it. And like a number of times the ball would come over the top to, to Theo Bear. Goldson and Suter are both there yeah, he manages to get the better of the two of them at the same time. And that, that was a bit annoying. But, yeah, I mean, Motherwell, they are a, they're a decent side. You know, you have to give them plaudits. Yesterday, they executed their game plan more or less to perfection. They they did what they wanted to do. They got their goal. They tried to frustrate us. They did well at that. They got bodies behind the ball. They broke when they could. You know, I, I don't think you can take anything away from them. Uh, and a title running... You're just you're going to have games like that, you know. Still a quarter of the season to go. There could be another loss to somebody else in the league, and there, it's no disaster. It's just an off day where we still created some chances. We could have won the game if a couple of them go in. You know, if you look at some of Liam Kelly's saves, clearances off the line and stuff. So I know you asked me about the defence, um, and I've, I've kind of rambled my way around to talking about the entire match. I am sorry for that. Uh, but just in terms of defence, yeah, have to do better. And we've seen these brain farts from like the Connor Goldson before. Um, you know, like over the last couple of seasons, how many times did we see a goal similar to the first one yesterday? No necessarily sort of falling on his arse, but, you know, the ball just played in low and flat and then somebody gets on the end of it and our defence doesn't deal with it. We've, we've seen that a fair number of times. But what I would say is we still have the best defence in the league. You know, we're not conceding nearly as many goals as anyone else. It's just a shame that we're switching off at points and a lot of the time when that does happen and we get the goal against us, it doesn't cost us in terms of the result. But yesterday it did and and that's the disappointing thing. Davey, my, my worry about the, the centre-halves is it's better the devil you know right now. Um Golson and Suter have been fine for the majority of the games they played together. Let's no rewrite the last um, six, seven weeks because they've no been terrible, right? Um, but it is the the basic mistakes that cost us, and I think that comes with the nature of the job. If you're a goalkeeper of centre half, make a mistake, it's more likely to to lead to a goal. Um, but with the with the games coming up, um, Liam Balgan is no available on Thursday, um, so it's Ben Davis is only other option. I mean, we do have all four and a half fit and available, but my my problem is I don't think Be- Davis or Balogun can play two games in a week. So, what is the better option here, David? Do you? I think Balogun's probably been the most consistent centre half um, we've had this season. Do you bring him in for every second game, or do you try and create a a solid partnership. I would have, I would have Balogun back as soon as he was fit. Colin is, uh, I think he's the best defender we've got. And you just seen a part of uh, Bill's uh, sort of a calming influence when he said there, 
it was a little bit annoying. We were, the smoke was coming out of our ears, Bill. You're a, wee, a little bit annoying. We've got here red faces and ready to go. <laughs> but I'd, I'd met with one of the comments that, that came up uh, when he said that Jack didn't have a Jack Butland didn't have a great game either. No. I thought he was poor with the second goal. I thought a ball should never ever be able to get in that 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 corner uh, when 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 it comes across. But that's uh, I suppose we can allow him to make a mistake because he's saved a good few games. So he's due obviously one bad uh, bad game, one bad. I actually ask as well, could he have came for that ball if if uh, because it came a long way. Right from the other side of the park, don't know. But and during that goal, if you look back at it, you've got the three three. Uh, I, I actually now know now who it was. I couldn't remember it a minute ago. But you've got um, Golton standing doing nothing, watching nobody. You've got Suter standing doing num- nothing, watching nobody. And you've got our friend Mister um, Lundstrom standing in the middle, watching nobody. And you've got two back, two players at the back post. That bear, as it you call him, and another player. And then the, the the guy that scored, he comes just running round the whole lot. Nobody near him. Right to the back, the very back post. And headers it into the net. A clear header into the net. Now goal of the Butland. I, I still think should have that, but he uh, he didn't. But the, the whole defending was uh, from Diamondi, admittedly as well. He, if he'd have uh, done better with in, the, in the midfield with the ball, then the chance wouldn't have came in the first place. Then he tried to, to stop the cross, didn't get there. And once the cross was in, it was uh, yeah, it was just uh, waiting for it to be put in the back of the net, unfortunately, because our players were standing watching. Aye, and... Uh, it's one of these. It was one of these games. Just that you've called out the, you've called out the midfield as well. But I think you can, particularly the first half. I don't think you can say MD was playing at the full potential, Davy. Um, I, I think it was just one of these games where we got off it. In general, no, everybody was terrible, but it just didn't click. And again, David, Bill's kind of mentioned that I want your opinion on this. Um, and and Curry's um just put a a question and um. Obviously, he's acknowledging the injuries, but as the rotation hurting us, should we be playing our starting 11? And I've put a, um, a poll up in the YouTube thread, and it's um, 60% of the of the listeners agree with Curry there. I don't think the rotation's the issue. I think we need to manage the rotation. I think we need to manage um, players' game time. Like Lawrence is an example of yesterday, people saying, why was he no starting? Um, we know why he's no starting, because he's been injured for... Like eighteen months at these two years at Rangers, I think we we've got games coming thick and thin. Injury list is still growing. We need to rotate. What's your take on it, Davy? I, I think with with Lawrence, I think I would have started him, and then if you can if you can get him time at the end of the game, I think I would have done it that way. But I think I think like uh, Curry, you should start with your best team. And for me, Balligan as well is part of our best team. So I would have had Balligan in there instead of Suter. Suter, you know, there's a mistake in him. There's going to be a... I mean, it's not just this game. There's virtually every game he's at least got one mistake. I think the reason that he plays Suter is that 
he may be better at coming forward with the ball at times. That's probably the reason he keeps getting getting played. But I don't think Balligan's that bad at that. I've seen Balligan uh, coming coming through a good few times. Uh, in fact, he nearly scored a couple of times uh, just running through right through the middle. So I'm not. I, I think you've got to 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 replay, uh, rotate players to a certain degree. But I agree with Curry. I, you, you you should put start with your strongest team and then try and get them. But I think let's not take it away from Motherwell yesterday. They had a game plan. They came with their game plan, and. It, 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 it was virtually perfect what they done. We just had bad luck as well. Let's face it. The, the, I mean, bad luck. That's a, that's the one thing. Why the the likes of beer? It's one chance. Puts the ball in the net, and we've got Dessers and we've we've got uh, um, Silver. Uh, uh, and and they've got about five chances each, and and they pass back to the goalkeeper. Right. That's. That's what I want to come to then, Bill. I'll, I'll put, come to you. You mentioned about Liam Kelly having a couple of cracking saves. And in the second half alone, uh, with the penalties, I can count a terrific save for, for Liam Kelly for, for Silva, for Yilmaz. Um, I'm pretty sure Silva had one cleared off the line as well. There was uh, Ruth had a Astro Mash. Um, I think on another day, Rangers come away with, with three, four goals. Um, but am I being a bit naive here? Do I need to look at the bigger picture and say that we are not clinical enough? We're not clinical enough. I mean, we've we've said that certainly since the, the winter break when we didn't bring in a striker. But I've kind of felt it most of the season, even when Danilo was fit. I don't think we were clinical enough. He also wasn't finishing enough chances. But we have been creating enough chances in games to normally get a couple of goals and put the you know, get the points on the board. Um I I mean what you're gonna do about it is okay to say we're not clinical enough and all of that. The the facts are now that the transfer window's closed, so we have to work with what we've got. You know, we could have brought in a proven goal scorer for whatever in January, but we didn't. I d I don't really know what the reason there was. I think we were all sort of feeling as if that should have happened, but either you know, the right guy wasn't available or didn't want to come or maybe Clement thought Dessers would come good and to a certain extent Dessers has come good. He's he scored a number of goals, you know, he's what about sixteen or seventeen goals maybe now for the season, which is a decent return. I I prefer myself to have more from a Rangers number nine, but you know, he's he's done okay. Um so yeah, on another day we'd have got the three points yesterday. Um, but it wasn't another day, it was yesterday. We didn't get the three points and that's what you have to look at. So no, we weren't clinical enough. But like you say, Liam Kelly, a few really good saves, the boy heading it off the line. Um, and I don't think it's all just down to talking about Dessers or a number nine or anything like that. We have got goals throughout this team. Um, you know, Diamandis had a couple in the last few games. Cortez has had a goal. Sadly, he'll be out now. Um, Yilmaz looks as if he'll get a few for us this season, I think. Uh, Silva got a couple. Tav obviously scores a number of goals. Um, we'll maybe get the occasional one for Suter or Goldson winning a header for a corner. So we have got goals throughout the team. I think I would prefer us to have a real you know, a Lawrence Shanklin type guy. I'm not necessarily saying we should bring in Shanklin, just that type of guy who he gets a chance he buries it. I, I would like that, but we don't, you know, we've got what we've got now. 
Um, I was going to just pick up on, I know, um, kind of, Davey, you were saying about Tom Lawrence no starting and, you know, the idea of playing your strongest 11. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure we've got a strongest 11, if that makes sense, because it is sort of different players for different games, maybe. But I think rotation's big for us. You know, if we're ever going to get away from the injury crisis, we do need to limit the minutes some of these guys are getting. I'm wondering if yesterday... You know, the manager possibly maybe didn't intend to play Lawrence at all, but felt he needed to bring him on to be able to, you know, try and do something in the second half because Lawrence played at Kilmarnock on Wednesday night, you know, and it's maybe the manager's thinking, oh, that's maybe a bit high risk to throw him in again. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's the reason, I don't know. Um, but I do think that we need to just calm down a wee bit on criticising Clement and his team selection and all that uh, squad rotation is going to need to be what it is we're stretched pretty thin at the moment if we're not rotating if we're playing the same 11 fucking three games a week <laughs> before long we'll not have 11 to put on the park so I, you know I, I do think we need to calm down a wee bit on that and you know we've got the advantage now of being able to make numerous substitutions We've still got no bad bench. You know, I'd like it to be stronger. I'd, I'd like a couple of guys back and whatever. But whilst we've got that, we need to be able to use it as much as we can. So, no, I, I think I I probably disagree with Curry's point about having a strongest 11 and always starting them. I, I do really think that we need to be using the full squad. Yeah, agreed. And we're talking about managing minutes and injuries here. And there's just some... Know, some combinations that go hand in hand, um, like Bill Waiter, if it shuts David Thompson, David Paul up, and of course, injuries and K Mark Roof spring to mind. And we've seen him yesterday, Davey. Um, I thought he looked lively, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought he gave more movement than um, Cyril Dessers. It doesn't look as composed as what he maybe was a year or two years ago, but spending two years in the Royal Infirmary will do that to you. Um, maybe a bit unlucky yet ago. Um, the 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 comments coming in talking about Ruth coming on and straight away if we stay fit and then his back high when is he ever fit? But I don't know. What was your thoughts in in Ruth yesterday compared to Silva and Dessels? Well, uh, Ruth is the best boy, the best uh, striker we have, and if it wasn't because of his injury problems, we probably wouldn't have him. He would probably be at another top club. So that's that's. The, the way it is, I don't. He's obviously not fully fit, so he's not going to be the way he is. But I, I really fully fit Roof Colin. I mean, we would want him in the team every week, that's for sure. But he just is. I mean, even was it the ball from him that get headed off the line? I think possibly. Um, but um, no, he's, he's just a big danger. He's he's always sniffling about there, and that one once the stramashes as uh, as he used to call them. On the goal line, he's always there or thereabouts. The the, the goal that I always remember from him was the one that he chested in against Celtic. That that was uh that was was one that I always sort of remember from. And obviously, you've got the goal in over in uh, Belgium from over the halfway line where he beat about five players and then hit it from the halfway line in a a really sodden park. So no, I mean he is just he sees things that other strikers don't see, and I must admit. Dessers sees things that other people don't see as well. The only thing is he hasn't got the the 
yeah, the the movement or the to, to finish it off. But I think he does see things. But he just uh, I mean, he knows he knows the runs to make. He makes fantastic runs, and then he gets the ball with his feet and he sort of a tips over his feet or he, he, he sort of a manages to to do something to get away. But sometimes. Sometimes it puts the other team off as well when he gets a he gets a goal through it. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I mean, we really did do need a, a, a real striker for next year. That's that's for sure. We obviously can't get one this year. Um, I don't know uh, if Lovelace will ever come in and play straight out striker. I think when he he got his game against it, man, we he was stuck out in the wing as well. So. I think he'll be, he'll be, he'll, I don't know where Clem is, Clem is not really played under Clemence yet, so I don't really know whether Clemence likes him or whether he doesn't like him or not, but he's another one that, that can come back in, that he certainly looked good against St Man. Again, just on Lovelace, Davey, I really like Zach Lovelace, but he's not... He's not the most composed finisher. Obviously, it looks as if he's buying them in, but he's a you know he's a grown man already playing against B team players, and so the stats are maybe a be wee bit um, distorted there. Um, I think I would love to see him in the squad, but in terms of that missing piece that we have up front, um, somebody who's clinical, somebody's a good finisher, a good box striker. I don't think Lovelace is that, but I agree with you. We need we need to add that in the summer. Yeah, definitely. So it's a thing, and I must admit, I was against uh, Shanklin coming in because I didn't think he was that good. But obviously, uh, I was wrong on that one because he's still banging him in. Although, if if we had a bottom, we wouldn't have had him for the Hearts team today to to to, to score one and uh, well, actually nearly score two against uh, that lot. So, I suppose we've got to keep our wee agents and our wee Masonic friends over everywhere, calling just so in case we do get into trouble other ways. Absolutely. Um, so we, we've run through obviously the defensive mishaps, uh, the missed chances up front. I, I do, I just want to caveat this next section of the podcast. Rangers were worse than the officials yesterday. As if Rangers do their job, regardless of the officials, Rangers win, right? So I don't want this to uh, to start a witch hunt on the officials. Uh, well, not a witch hunt might start, but I don't want us to shift the blame. I think it's fully on Rangers that they lost yesterday. However, Bill, um, you two things can be right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I thought the officials were very, very poor yesterday. And adding to this ever-grown injury list is Ross McCausland, who was off and straight off the down the tunnel. Um, uh, I, I messaged in the group chat at halftime because I'm in the Copentry, I'm far away from it and um, I've got the eyesight of a bat. But it looked a really hasty tackle. It, didn't look, it looked as if he got a bit of the ball, but the follow-through was really, really aggressive. Um, I haven't seen it back. I, I can't believe that wasn't called for a foul. Never, never mind a, a red card. What was your thoughts on it? It's a leg breaker. Really is flying in very fast out of control, studs right into the boys' legs, and I, I don't know how serious the situation with McCausland will be. It seemed as if he'll be okay, but you know that could that could be like a fractured shin bone or whatever. You know, 
Tevia, I think the shin bone is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> a brutal tackle. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even, you know, like, yes, you, you slide in and you win the ball and that's all fine. But I, th- I think in most leagues in the world, that's a send and a half. Um, so, yeah, you know, I always try to sort of see things on balance, you know, and to get the benefit of the doubt. And a lot of the time I'll be saying, well, you know, I've seen them given, but, you know, equally you can make a case where they got the ball or whatever, but really struggling to see why that wasn't looked at. And, you know, a decision made yesterday because, I mean, there was no on-field decision at all, as you said, Colin. There was no foul given or anything like that. Um, And... Winning the ball doesn't absolve you of sort of dangerous and reckless play. You know, like, uh, you you can win the ball and it's still a foul. The, the, to, to quote you, you know, both things can still be true. So I really don't understand it. It was absolutely bizarre. I think Philippe Clement called it out um, after the game, talked about, you know, McCausland getting kicked off the park. And I, if I remember right, he also mentioned how it's not the first time um, as a sort of maybe an oblique reference to what happened to Cantwell as well. Um, so it just, it, it was pretty bizarre. I, I just didn't understand it. And I mean, I know like the, the more sort of uh, <laughs> annoyed or uh, frustrated among our fan base, shall we say, or trotting out this kind of line about how, oh, the boy that did it then goes on to get the goal and, you know, he should have been sent off and whatever. We've got to defend the goal. You know, we, we were really poor when the ball came in. As, as Davey pointed out, our defender stood there and did nothing. I don't think you can link those two things. Um, the decision's made in the moment that the boy's not to get sent off, so you kind of just act as if he's not there. You still have to go and defend. I, I I don't think you can blame us losing that goal on the officials, not sending him off. I think you blame us losing that goal on our defenders. Um, but aye, just bizarre, bizarre piece of decision-making from the the officials. And, 
you know, we, we do see a lot of really poor quality refereeing, sadly. Can I come in on that, Colin, just for a second? I don't, think, I don't think Star can come in if the referee didn't give a yellow card. I think if the yellow card was given, then Far could have come in and asked for it to be uh, brought up to a red card. But I don't think, because the referee never gave anything, I don't think Far can come in. Am I wrong on that? I, I think it's if VAR look at it and they think it may be a red card, they can call it out. Uh, because yes. that's you know, that would be James Tavenier going and punching somebody off the ball. If the referee doesn't see it, doesn't he give it? VAR could call that out. That's an extreme example. But what's worrying for me, Davey, is I'm 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 maybe applying too much logic um, into the brains of the SFA here, but um the referee's seen it for not no foul. Varavoter has said not cool play on, and that's why. So it's two sets of referees that have looked at it and seen nothing to see here. I think the big thing was that he got the ball. That's what they wrote. Now did he get the ball? But they're not opening it. The, the worrying thing for me was that after he got the ball, he actually slid in and then he lifted his foot, and that 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 sort of a, that was a bit that 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 I, I think would have made it a red card because he did lift his foot when he was sliding into to um McCausland. But um Davey, I, I don't think I don't think winning the ball though is, that, that's what I was saying. I, I don't think winning the ball means that it's not a foul. Like that boy of the day, um Celtic's game against Hearts, you know, I think he gets the ball but he also to quote Brendan Rogers, he also puts his stud in the other boy's eye. So you know, whether or not you get the ball, I, I don't think it's really relevant when you're that reckless and that out of control. I think that the referee, you know, the officials still have to do something. And players, um, you know, to, to use a phrase that's been getting banded around a little bit recently, players still, players need to be protected. You know. Just to bring a bit of balance in here, um, not, not a bit of balance here, like that's gonna that's gonna sound as if I'm fucking victim blaming Ross McCausland here and I'm not. Um but an additional um talking point. While it still is not Ross McCausland's fault, it's still um a foul and it's still a, a red card. Alan Dawson makes a really good point, David. Um it looked terrible, but did he did he not pull out of going for the ball? Um, to make it worse, um, talk about Ross McCausland. I haven't seen it back. I do think Ross McCausland pulls out a little bit, and I don't think it stops the tackle going in, but I do think it makes it worse for himself. Um, and I've even seen that a couple of times where I, I said earlier on um, to, to my dad yesterday that he just looked like a he looked like a young boy playing against men yesterday. See, this was a discussion on the the. Radio I was listening to today because I was working uh, away from home, so I had the only uh, chance I had to listen to their game was uh, was in BBC Scotland on the radio, and they had a whole discussion. And the thing is, when you look at our young players, and I'm not just talking about Rangers young players, players for the B team, they haven't got they, they, they haven't got any competition. There's no B competition in Scotland. And this is just a, so a big letdown for all the players. We're sticking them in amongst guys. That, okay, they'll give them, they'll make them hard. They'll make them into harder men. But 
the quality of football that we're, we're having to let them play is 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 actually dire down there. I mean, let's face it. What is it? The, the seventh. Uh, uh, down, oh, down the old league. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, so, so obviously that, that that was last year, and they're no against the no. Yeah, but there's still other teams playing down there. I think they're still down there. Hearts are still got a team down there. But we really need to in this con con country either start up a B league like it used to be, or let the the B teams from the 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 teams that can afford it, the teams that have got good B teams put them into the, the professional competition and let them work their way up the way it is in Holland, the way it is in Spain, I believe. Uh, and there's a few more countries got it that way as well. But we can't we, we, we can't uh, let people jump from the the Lowlands League to the the SFPL uh, the, the, or the, the SPL. We, we, we just can't let them jump that because it's it's too big a jump. The, 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 there should be a, a... I mean, but in the old days... When young boys came through, they were getting put against the the the, the pros, the, the 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 players that couldn't get into the first team or that were returning from injury to the first team. They they came into the reserve team first of all, and the young boys were learning that way. But now stuck their way down the league, and we we're just playing bounce games everywhere. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, and it's something that Scottish football needs to get sorted. Because we can't, we can't keep complaining about we're not bringing players through when there's nothing to bring them through with. We can't once, once, once they get out the, the under fifteens, under sixteens, under seventeens. That's it. There's nothing more for them. Yeah, go back down to the the Lowlands League. Yeah, come on. We need to, Scotland need to sort this out. While I agree with you that Scotland has to completely overhaul what we're doing in the league and you know like Evan you've said there since if it'd be really good for the Scottish game which means we won't do it because we'd never we never do it to improve ourselves at the same time um you look at Lennon Miller um who was playing yesterday same age as Bailey Rice straw what 20 odd first team first team game appearances um Bill I do think there's been the opportunity to play more youth um at Ibrox and we've not taken it so it's a double-edged sword that one I think, yeah, and I think that's been true for as long as I've been watching Rangers, that we could have been playing more young players, even, you know, back to the, the late 80s and then through the 90s and all of that. We had young players that were promising, but, you know, very few of them actually made it into the first team. Davey, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about the Lowland League being a huge step up to then being the, the Rangers first team. I know certainly when, when I was when I was we um, Rangers played in the reserve league and there was a reserve league and you're right younger players could maybe get a game in that and then they were playing against guys who were maybe in and around the first team squad but not quite able to get a place regularly or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what you do though. Um, I think the Lowland League is quite a step up to the first team but we don't even have that anymore you know they're not even in the Lowland League anymore um, as Colin said it's basically just bounce games so I don't know what you do but yeah Lennon Miller is the other side of that argument and he was the the, the one that I was going to mention Colin where he's <laughs> he's fantastic he looks fantastic you know in that Motherwell team he looks like quite an accomplished player already this season um, 
and I, I don't think Ross McClosland's done a huge amount wrong, to be fair. Uh, you know, there's a few things that you could maybe pick him up on and criticise him on, but he is still developing. Um, and, you know, we, we do kind of have to get behind him. He, I think he's quite a promising player. He's a winger. You know, the, the wingers, even the best wingers, are inconsistent at times. And I think there's a few things that you can see that McCausland's improved on already that he's ironed out in his game where, you know, when he was first in and around the team, he wasn't really tracking back very effectively, for example, and he's got better at that. So, you know, hopefully Clement's going to be working with him still and trying to improve on the other bits of his game. Uh, but I, I, still, I still really rate him. I still think he's a player. I just think it's more that he's quite slight, as wingers often are. You know, and when you're just getting booted up and down the park in the league that we play in, uh, it can be really, really difficult to be a winger at times. Yeah, but listen, the, the expectation at Motherwell is a lot lower than the expectation at Rangers. How many have, have Lennon, uh, Miller was, 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 was at Rangers? How many games would he have played for Rangers? He would hardly have played for Rangers. But yeah, you might well be right, Davey. You might well be right, but he's, and I know what you're saying about expectation, but I mean, you know, they, they took three points off us yesterday and the boy Theo Bear up front looks every bit the centre forward that can really trouble the best defence in the league and Miller's in the same team as him and doesn't look out of place, you know, so yeah, there may be lower expectation at Motherwell and he might not get a game as often at Rangers or something like that, but I don't think that's a huge factor. I, I think, you know, there's there's levels. Motherwell are uh, infinitely higher than the level in the Lowland League, which is where the B team players are. Yeah, but who, where, where are you going to where are you going to play them in, in, in the Rangers team? But that's my that's my point, Davy. Bailey Rice um, played two minutes against Motherwell, and I'm not saying I, I will maybe put. Uh, I don't want to put too much pressure on Bailey Rice. Let's say Cole McKinnon, because I really like him. He's a couple of years older. Um, we we all the injury crisis we've had, and not just recently, but over the last two years. Why why have we not seen more of these players coming through? You're right, the expectation at Motherwell is a lot lower, but I think it's a, a reasonable level of expectation, or very unreasonable um, in terms of expectations. Um, as Rangers fans are young players coming through, um, again, uh, I don't, I don't want to turn this into a catchphrase because I realise I've said with a fucking nightmare like five times there the last three weeks. But you know, I yeah. probably like that as well. Um, we all like that, but you know, there we were all talking there about the uh, the defence and Bill named all the all the defenders we we we, we had. We've got nobody's mentioned King yet. Yeah, why is he not getting a shot? Let's know in fear four or five managers now. Uh, maybe that's too much, three or four managers now that have sort of asked him the, the, the year that he got a game was sort of a due to not having him to MPLs to get in there. So, I mean, there you're talking about a young
giving players game time. If we're not going to give Leon King game time, sell him. Just sell him or loan him out. If he's not going to be a long-term um, option for Rangers, then mm-hmm. sell him. Uh, the same goes with Alex Lowry when he comes back. Um, Zach Lovelace, whatever, just sell him. Um, but my point is, while we're hamstrung with the, with the Football Association that runs the football um, in our nation, we we can do a lot of things better. There's there's so many opportunities to play young players. Air United, for example, many young players played then, um, even off the bench. You know, uh, that's and there's this isn't a new thing. This has just been ingrained in Rangers over the last 10, 15 years. Um, but moving back on to the, the wider conversation of this weekend, then, um, Bill, I've put in a poll. Um, to the listeners on YouTube asking if they're still confident on winning the league after this weekend. And the three options are more confident after the weekend, less confident, or nothing's changed. For me, I'm very much in the nothing's changed camp. I've said time and time again on this podcast that in this title race, Rangers are going to drop points. Um, I was a bit frustrated yesterday when I heard a few boos at full time. I just think like everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I think that is madness, nonsense. Being a manager who's went for seven points behind the <laughs> two points clear. Um, nothing's changed after me. Both Rangers and Celtic have dropped points. Both of them will drop points between now and May. Um I, my confidence levels haven't changed. My confidence levels are the same as they were really. There's a quarter of the season to go. You know, it's like it's nowhere near done. Davy, you, you're even older than I am. No offence, but you know, I I sat through a lot of title races in my time as a younger man. Uh, fuck all is one in March. The thing that gives me a lot of confidence um, is, as I mentioned a wee while ago, that I, I watch a lot of the Scottish football. You know, I watch all the teams, including that rotten mob. And they are absolutely hoaching this season. And I know um, their supporters are like us. And, you know, one one set of, well, not in any any meaningful way, I don't suppose. But in in the way that they relate to their team, they're like us because dropped points are, oh, we're absolutely shite, we're never going to win this league. And then they go and pump Dundee 7-1 and all of a sudden the world beaters, you know. Um, but I mean, I, I think I see the difference in the two teams because the, the way that we play, the style that we play, okay, we had an off day yesterday and actually still created enough to win the game, I felt. But routinely, Celtic are scraping by teams. You know, we scraped by Kelly through the week there um, and that was one of the toughest games of our season. It was going to be, you know, we said that before it. We scraped by it. Um, and, like, they are doing that routinely, you know. Like, I think something like five of the last six games were still, were, you know, as of the 92nd minute in those games, they were going to be dropping points and they were just, they're just scraping it with late goals. We've not really been doing that. We've been winning games and winning them comfortably in, in many cases. Um, you know, a lot of routine victories under Clement. And from that point of view, I'm quite confident that we'll win the title, barring anything absolutely exceptional happening. 
there's a long way to go though like I say there's a quarter of the season there's an injury crisis we've got one and they've they've got one to an extent as well um, and you never really can tell what's going to happen so I guess we've all just got to buckle in for the ride but you know like you just spoke earlier about you know being, me being the voice of reason in our group chat or something like that and all you guys yesterday at half time he's one of that bad to be fair like if you looked on some of the forums it was oh we've thrown this league away we've bottled it and all that but I said to you at half time you know like stop bloody I think I said pushing your frillies or something like that you know keep the heat because there's, there's so much time to go both teams are going to probably drop more points losing to Motherwell at home wasn't a disaster yesterday it wasn't great you know it wasn't desirable but I think, like at full time yesterday, and even into last night, people going on about, oh, we've we've allowed them to go top, we've thrown away the league and all that. And then you get to tonight, and everybody feels completely differently about it. And that set of circumstances will happen a couple more times, I would think, before the end of the season. So, you know, just buckle in. I wouldn't say enjoy the ride because it's never bloody enjoyable. Colin, you're you're a good one for saying title races aren't enjoyable, and that's true. But you know, buckle in, don't. Don't lose the nerve. Keep the heat. Certainly, for me, anyway, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I think it's ludicrous to boo the team when they've made up such big ground on on Celtic. You know, with, with Comfy at one point being 11 points off the pace to now being two points ahead. Um, I, I don't think on the strength of one bad game that they that they deserve to be booed, um, but you know I, I think there are people saying um, that the booing was more directed towards the officials than the players. I, I don't really know. I don't get in, inside the heads of the booers, if you like. Uh, I just I think it's a bit poor. It's a bit um, you know knee jerk. But Colin, as you're very fond of saying, and as uh, the comment here says, you know supporters are irrational and. Uh, to, to use your words, we're a fucking nightmare. We, we are. <laughs> we really are. Um, again, I just, I couldn't comprehend the booze yesterday. I was like, I'm watching, I've been, I'm watching a different Rangers side, man. Um, I was just thinking, Colin, I wonder if we win the league at Parkhead again. I wonder if they'll be booing. Hi. <laughs> <Aye. laughs> <laughs> um, but Davey, um, We'll finish up in your thoughts on that. The argument in the in the interest of balance, the argument I've heard from people who are really disgruntled after yesterday was it was a manner of how we lost. And I do get that to an extent, but there's no good way to get beat. People saying, Oh, if we hammered Motherwell and we were just unlucky. That's frustrating as well. Like and to an extent we did have our chances. Um so I still don't get quite this argument that, you know, that there's a, a good way to, to lose. Um how are you feeling? Are you less confident, more confident um, on the title races? Or are you like Bill and I, calm, measured, still the same? I am one goal more confident <laughs> because that's a, that was a, that was a difference from from the weekend. One one goal on the positive. Uh, no, but it's, it's it's like a see the likes of love and hate. They're like a a, a line, and if you cross that line. Then love becomes hate, and it's just a sort of a same thing. We're getting a philosophical David Tomlinson tonight, yeah. folks. 
but we we build ourselves up and we build ourselves up and it's um oh we're we're winning the league, we're winning the league, we're that's it, nobody can beat us, we're winning the league, and then we lose a game and everybody's oh that's it, that's it gone. We've no chance now, we've no chance now. And that's just the way it goes. Everybody sort of a um just jumps from being super confident to super deflated in, in one game. And but I mean, let's face it, we've had years, years uh, of, of <laughs> having to accept it. And let's hope that this year, obviously, we're looking for a 50. I mean, it was the same in 55 as well. I mean, we ran away with it. There was nothing sort of a near at hand or anything like that. We just ran away with it. So there was nothing to get sort of a one week gets this and the next week it's that. And this is sort of, sort of my first week, first real challenge we've had for years. Uh, I can I can remember the the one that uh, I was just over in Holland at the time when we, when we I think it was we beat Aberdeen in the last game of the season to win the league, and you know, if I heard that over we were playing a football tournament over in Holland and it was absolutely brilliant when we heard that they they won the league. So that that's just the way it goes. I mean, it can go to the last day here. Helicopter Sunday, remember that? I mean, you can imagine their supporters and Helicopter Sunday and imagine how we were. I mean, it's still what a day that I'll never, ever forget it in my life. But you can imagine how their supporters felt in that day as, as, as well. If we're, after one sort of a defeat, we're, we're being so uh, down and down trodden, and uh, you can imagine how they felt that day. But And I'm still enjoying how they felt that day, so... But that that's just the that's the way we seem to be, and I think it may be a human type of thing that that uh, that, that we just do tend to do that. It's, it's a sign of the this, this league was never going to be decided yesterday. This week, in my eyes, is going to be decided either at Ibrox. I think if we can go five points clear at Ibrox, then it'll be a big big story. And I think if uh, obviously which I don't really want, is if we go with one point of a lead or something like that, or one point behind the park head, that'll be a nightmare. Aye. To your point, a sign of human nature, I think it's a sign of the modern day, and it's not just the new generation, all ages are like this with the age of social media, it's all shit, you're all shite, there's no in between. Um, and you've made a couple of yeah, you know, good examples there. For every helicopter Sunday, there's a title race in 2008 where it goes the wrong way. Like it's, and you know, I'm speaking to young Andrew, the youngest podder we have, and he's saying he's excited for a title race. And I was like, oh, you've not seen what we've seen. Yes, you don't know what's well, going on. Can I just come in with one thing there? I've seen in the, in the comments as well, and I think Bill was about injuries. Listen, they've got bad injuries as well. They've got Hattat out, they've got, they've got McGregor out now. Uh, which is probably going to be long term. So it's, we're both get we're both got that. So it's going to be a, a even closer probably than uh, than we thought it would be. Absolutely, and I think it will go down to the wire. And I think that's a very nice place to finish up. Um, just before we do, um, I've. For everybody watching live on YouTube, um, we can give so many free trials to the YouTube membership YouTube membership pages. So um, five lucky winners have just been given that and you'll get access to our daily content and all the additional shows. Um, if you want that, you can sign up for a pound a month. You can also do that on Patreon for everybody listening back. Um, www.patreon.com forward slash the gallant few. 
if that's not your bag, just following us a like or a, a follow or subscribe wherever you get the podcast. It really does help us. Um, gentlemen, we are going to be back on Thursday to preview the um, Benfica, Wednesday, sorry, to preview the Benfica game. So we're going to keep the predictions for then. So in the title race, uh, Vane, I'm going to ask you for a good buy. I'm going to ask you, what title race did you enjoy more? Winning the league with a single goal in 2003 when Mikel Arteta scored the sixth goal um, against Infermin, or winning the league in 2005 when Scott McDonald scored two goals against Celtic. Bill, give us a good bye and your answer. Well, I thought you were going to ask for just my favourite title running ever, and it was Loudrop's Heater at Tanadice to seal nine in a row. But if I'm forced to pick between those two, I think it's Helicopter Sunday. Um, you know, the McDonald scoring the two after I think Celtic went ahead in that game, didn't they? Um, and then he gets the two goals, just absolutely magnificent. It's Those are the days you never forget, you know. So I, I'll, I'll pump for that one and uh, I'll just pull up Aldo on his comment earlier talking about the the treble being incoming. Aldo, it's the, the quadruple, mate. That's what we're, we're getting this year. Aldo's such a fucking pessimist, honestly. Like, just going for the three trophies. <laughs> uh, he's the type of Rangers fan that's a nightmare, but good to have you on, Bill. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, and last but not least, our foreign correspondent, um, man of a bit of philosophy tonight. Um, you can get him uh, he's, um, on his on his yoga channel, by the sounds of it. Uh, David T, good to have you on, mate. Um, what, what title running did you prefer, 03 or 05? No, helicopter Sunday. That was uh, that. That was just uh, the the best. Uh, although I, I love I love the way Sutton keeps bringing it up, and uh, it's, it's annoying him. I, I, I quite quite enjoy that as well. But no, helicopter Sunday. Just the the, the way that we were all. I mean, we we're all down. My my chin was like between my knees, and then all of a sudden. The, I think the BBC were doing a sort of a switch program at that time, and just with the, when when he came over and, uh, and and McDonald scored and the difference was just night and day, and then he got the second one. Absolutely, nah, that was that that was a day. That was a uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic day. Absolutely brilliant. And the helicopter is turning. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go against the grain here and say 2003. And again, I think it, you know, we've all got our favourite Rangers teams growing up, and 2003 is my absolute favourite ever Rangers team. It's my first season where I remember watching every game that I could. Uh, and I just adored, adored Ronald De Boer, young Barry Ferguson. You know, I've just P7 then. I was in primary seven, actually. I so it was, you know, um, Big fish in the wee pond. Um, high school hadn't weathered me yet, so life was good. Um, so, oh, 2003 for me, but that's enough of memory lane. Um, let's look ahead to the future. We'll be back with you in the news uh, tomorrow for anybody who is um, on the members page. We'll also have a preview show with uh, ben, uh, the Benfica podcast dropping tomorrow night at five o'clock for everybody. And we'll be back on Wednesday. So until then, enjoy your beautiful Sunday bells. We are the people. <laughs> Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.